Democrats roll out their newest Orwellian woke term. President Biden decides to destroy the companies that just saved America from the pandemic. And the Biden administration has no idea the taxpayers actually pay the bills. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Stand up for your digital rights. Take action at expressvpn.com. Slash Ben will get to all the news in just one moment first. Now, your cell phone bill does not have to be as expensive as it is. It is just that simple. There's no reason for you to overpay for your cell phone coverage from a place like Verizon or AT&T or T-Mobile. Switch over to Pure Talk. It's going to save you money. In fact, Pure Talk saves the average family of four over $800 a year. Here's the best part. You don't have to sacrifice coverage because it's on the exact same network as one of those providers. Switching is super easy. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And... If you go over on data, they're not going to charge you for it. Just one of the many reasons they've been named the top wireless provider by Consumer Affairs. From your cell phone, dial pound 250, say Ben Shapiro, you'll save 50% off your very first month. That is pound 250, say my name, Ben Shapiro, to get started. Right now, you're probably talking with your cell phone provider and they're telling you, well, you know, you really need unlimited text and you need unlimited talk and you need unlimited data. You don't need unlimited data. What you need is unlimited talk, text, six gigs of data for 30 bucks a month and again. If you go over with Pure Talk, they're not going to charge you for it, so you got nothing to lose. Dial pound 250, say Ben Shapiro to get started with my friends at Pure Talk USA today. Okay, so Democrats have decided to basically rewrite all of human language in real time, and it is a bizarre spectacle. And if you notice this, then they get very angry at you. Right? This is the, the full extent of gaslighting. Over and over in the past few years, we have seen Democrats take terms that we all understand and all know, and then just switch the meaning of the terms. And then if you notice, they get super pissed at you. So for example, if the Democrats say, let's add seats to the Supreme Court, and Republicans say, okay, that's court packing. They say, no, 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 no. Court packing is when you fill open seats, but you're a Republican. And conservatives are like, wait, hold up a second. That's not what court packing means. And the entire media suddenly starts repeating just like that incredibly quickly. The Democrats redefinition of the term court packing or for example, you have somebody like Maisie Hirono, the idiot senator from Hawaii, Democrat, who says to Amy Coney Barrett that the term sexual preference is now a, a discriminatory term used against gay people as opposed to sexual orientation. Then the dictionary, dictionary.com, will switch its definition overnight. So suddenly the, the term sexual preference will be offensive to some people, right? They'll actually say it's offensive just because Democrats said so. And they've been doing this over and over. And, and, to the, to the point where words have no definitions anymore. I mean, we have seen over and over, for example, that Democrats have no definition of the word female. The word female has no definition to them. Right? They, they refuse to acknowledge that female refers to a biological female. In fact, female is a category that you can join simply by saying that you are one, which is an amazing way to define a category. You can't define a word typically with reference to the word. If I say, you know what the definition of pen is? A pen is a pen. I've added no new information. You have no idea what the hell I'm talking about if you didn't know what a pen was in the first place. Well, Democrats do this with language all the time, and we are being forced into ever more bizarre redefinitions of, of normal human language. We are, all of this does have an impact, by the way. It means we can't speak to each other. Because if I use the word woman, and you're a Democrat, and you buy into the redefinition of the word woman, you literally have no idea what I'm talking about. And if you use the word woman, I have no idea what you're talking about because you could mean a dude, right? You, which, which is the opposite. Okay, so this reared its, its weird head yesterday in, uh, in a congressional hearing about health disparities, particularly with regard to maternal mortality, for example. And Democrats have started to use the term, just in time for Mother's Day, they've started to use the term birthing persons 
You understand, not every birthing person, according to Democrats, is a woman. Now, according to all human biology, in fact, all mammalian biology, birthing things are female, right? If you birth a thing, definitionally, you are a female, according to all mammalian biology of which we know. Okay, because mammals are sexually dimorphic. To pretend otherwise is to ignore basic human biology. So to say birthing person instead of woman is meant to say there are some men who give birth. This, of course, is incredibly silly because men do not give birth. It is very difficult, as it turns out, to grow a baby without a uterus or to force a baby through your urinal canal as a dude. When you think a kidney stone is bad, try pushing a 10-pound child out of there. Okay, so all of this is incredibly silly, but Democrats have decided to adopt this language because, of course, they have this perverse view of science that science is basically whatever they say it is without regard to data and without regard to biology. And if you point out that you need some sort of objective metric to determine whether a male is a male or a female is a female, they get very angry at you. Male and female are just subjective categories in your head, but they're also deeply ingrained biologically. Understand the contradiction here. Now, according to members of the left, you are a female if you think you are a female because that is ingrained in your brain. But also your brain biology has nothing to do with, with whether you are a male or female and your bodily biology has nothing to do with whether you are a male or a female. It's ghost in the machine, Cartesian duality, nonsense. Okay, so all of this came to fruition yesterday, just in time for Mother's Day. Now, I've been for years joking and drive people on the left, on the internet crazy because, ah, how, why are you even joking about this? Every Mother's Day and every Father's Day, instead of tweeting Happy Father's Day or Happy Mother's Day, I tweet out for Mother's Day, Happy Primary Guardian of Unspecified Gender. Because according to the left, mothers don't really exist. There are just people who can play the role of mothers, and that could theoretically be a dude. Or it could be a lady who identifies as a dude, or it could be a dude who identifies as a lady. It could literally be anything. And there's nothing special about mothers. There's nothing special about fathers, according to members of the left. This is, this is not a fringe idea. This is a mainstream idea. A child does not need a mother, and a child does not need a father. A child doesn't need not, either one, right? A child can have just a father and be fine, can have just a mother and can be fine, can have two mommies, can have two daddies. They're all the same. Human beings are interchangeable widgets and children are completely malleable and are fine under any circumstances, right? This has been a long-held democratic philosophy. And now they've gone even further, which is that a mother could be a father or a father could be a mother and a man could be a woman and a woman could be a man. So they finally came out with this yesterday, just in time for Mother's Day. So moms everywhere, you should feel really flattered. You may not be a woman. You're just a birthing person. And the same people who wear Handmaid's Tales outfits to, to protest Republican abortion policy because they say Republicans keep reducing us to our reproductive organs. They keep reducing us down to our reproductive abilities. Call women birthing persons now. That's what they call them. And it wasn't just one congressperson. This is going to be the term within, within the next several months. You are going to see Democrats adopting this term in widespread fashion. So Cori Bush the adjunct member of the squad, she just joined from Missouri. She's a former Black Lives Matter activist. I mean, she's actually still a Black Lives Matter activist. She's just in Congress. Now, she's talking about how birthing persons are dying. Now, to you, the normal human being, who, like all humans, like, like all homo sapiens for the last 300,000 years or so, have understood that birthing persons are female, you may say to yourself, why are we now conveying less information? Why, why, why are we trying to obscure information that is clearly obvious? That, why, why don't you say moms? Instead, you, a mother, are now a birthing person, according to Cori Bush. Every day, Black women are subjected to harsh and, harsh and racist treatment during pregnancy and childbirth. Every day, Black women die because the system denies our humanity. It denies us patient care. I sit before you today 
as a single mom, as a nurse, as an activist, and as a congresswoman. And I am committed to doing the absolute most to protect black mothers, to protect black babies, to pr protect black birthing people, and to save lives. Okay, um, black birthing people. Okay, and then she tweeted out, every day, black birthing people and our babies die. So she used mothers there like 10 times and women. So she fully understands that birthing people are mothers and are women. Right? She totally gets it. But instead, what she tweets is, every day, black birthing people and our babies die. And this is the new term, right? The new term is birthing people. Now, again, I can't think of much more degrading to a woman than to suggest, number one, that the process of pregnancy and childbearing has nothing to do with being a woman. And simultaneously to suggest that you can be boiled down to just bearing babies. Like it is the exact opposite of what feminism suggested. Feminism suggested that women are different than men and women ought to be respected for that and treated equally despite that difference. And in fact, because of that difference, right? Feminism suggested there's something special about being a woman. The new feminism is there's nothing special about being a woman. And in fact, men can give birth, right? All of which is just ridiculous. Now I've watched my wife give birth three times. It turns out it's a very female thing. It's a pretty amazing thing. It's a superpower that women hold. And to degrade womanhood down to nothing is really incredible. I mean, we've been told by the feminist left of today that the highest achievement that a woman can have is to never have kids, apparently, and to just spend your time working 2,200 hours at a law firm so you can have a partner title, the same as a man, and delay, child delay childbearing, delay child rearing, delay marriage. This is the best move that you can make. If you finally do have a baby, you should... You should you know, probably freeze your eggs and then do it much later so you can have your career development. You don't need a man to do any of this sort of stuff. Now, the, the, the amazing thing about this is that the people who then end up getting married and having kids are the people who promote this same ideology. And the members of the new ruling class, this is the point that Charles Murray makes in Coming Apart, the people who are higher on the economic totem pole, those folks tend to get married and have kids. It's just all the stuff they preach filters into the culture and it undermines marriage and it undermines childbearing under healthy circumstances. And it's really stupid. Okay, but this is something that the left has been pushing for a long time. And now it's come to its culmination in de-sexing having children. Right now it is, it is a sexless thing to have children, which is an amazing, amazing thing. Okay, and again, it was not just Cori Bush, Representative Carolyn Maloney from New York. She says the same thing. America's health system is failing black birthing people. How does one of the most medically advanced nations in the world continue to fail black birthing people at such high rates. To understand, we have to take the blinders off our history and acknowledge that our healthcare system, including reproductive health care, was built on a legacy of systemic racism. Okay, in a second, I'm going to talk about the systemic racism point, but the fact that you just keep saying black birthing, you mean black women? Why are you being so disrespectful to women? I honest to God don't understand how women could look at this stuff and not feel insulted. It's ridiculous. It's just, it, it, it's, it's beyond crazy, but we're all supposed to believe it, right? And if you, if you notice this, they get mad. If you notice it's like, why are you even noticing this? I'm noticing it because you guys are radically redefining biology. You're radically redefining reality in front of me. And I'm supposed to just be there like, who cares? Representative Ron, uh, Robin Kelly from Illinois, she says the exact same thing during the same hearing. So obviously the memo went around. It's no longer black women. It is black birthing people. The federal government should support access to and the provision of patient-centered, data-driven, quality maternal care, enhance coverage and support for birthing people during the postpartum period, and address social determinants of health, including structural- They're all looking at their notes, by the way. You can stop it there. The, the fact that they keep using the term birthing people, the memo went around. Don't, don't offend. 
people of the left who have to virtue signal about the idea that men could be women. So just to get this straight, according to the left, here's how human biology works. You ready for this? According to the left, birthing people gestate meaningless clusters of cells. And then those clusters of cells exit the birthing people and they are assigned sex at birth. They don't have a sex. They're assigned it by a doctor. The doctor just looks at them and randomly, and then just assigns sex at birth. And then later they decide their own sex. If this makes any sense to you, it's because you're a moron. Honest to God, if this makes any sense to you, it's because you have been so well-educated in the new woke vocabulary at major American universities that you've lost your mind. It, it, it is it's denial of fundamental human reality. It is denial of biology. And it does have consequences. The consequences, some of them are smaller and some of them are larger. We'll get to the consequences of this sort of nonsense in just one second, because there are really kind of three consequences to this that we'll get to in just one second. First, Let's talk about the fact that if you believe in individual liberty and personal responsibility, you should be a responsible firearms owner. Our founding fathers knew the cornerstones of a great civilization were both your individual rights and your ability to defend those rights against threats, foreign and domestic. Owning a rifle is an awesome responsibility. Building rifles is no difference, which is why I'm so impressed with Bravo Company Manufacturing. The people at Bravo Company MFG support the right of responsible private individuals to have the access and ability to employ the same tools as civilian law enforcement as a means of defending ourselves, our loved ones, our communities, and our freedoms should a threatening situation ever arise. BCM assumes that when a rifle leaves their shop, it will be used in a life or death situation by a responsible citizen, law enforcement officer, or a soldier overseas, so quality is of the utmost value to them. Every component of a BCM rifle is hand-assembled and tested by Americans. As an American, you have the luxury of living in a free society. That luxury is guaranteed by your ability to defend yourself and defend your rights. To learn more about Bravo Company Manufacturing, head on over to bravocompanymfg.com. I have an excellent rifle from Bravo Company MFG. It is indeed my favorite piece of weaponry. You can discover more about their products, special offers, and upcoming news. That is Bravo Company MFG. If you need more convincing, find out even more about BCM and the awesome people who make their products at youtube.com slash Bravo Company USA. Okay, so according to the left, mothers are just birthing people. They are not special. It has nothing to do with being a woman, which is, again, deeply insulting to women. So there are three separate problems with this for American society. Problem number one is sort of the small scale stuff that tends to make it into the media a lot because it, it is the most obviously ridiculous element of American society that has bought into this. Okay, and these small scale cases are things like transgender people using the opposite sex bathroom, right? It's, it's people like yeah, a big hulking man walks into a lady's room at Target and then says, I'm a woman and a woman feels uncomfortable. And then the left says, how dare you feel uncomfortable? How dare you believe that this is an invasion of your private space? Right? Or it or it materializes in boys, biological boys wanting to play in women's sport and then defeat the girls, right? As we saw at these Connecticut track meets where suddenly boys, biological teenage boys, were blowing away the girls at the track meets, but they identified as girls, so we had to pretend that they were girls, right? We see these sort of cases. They are statistically rare. They are not indeed happening everywhere. That's not the chief threat here. And to pretend that that is the chief problem with this entire idiotic gender ideology is to mistake a symptom for the actual problem. The symptom is not the actual problem. The symptom's not great, and the symptom is stupid, and the symptom is demonstrative of the underlying problem, but it is not the actual problem. So, for example, a lot of attention being paid to the fact that there is uh, the Summer Olympics in Tokyo is coming, and there will be a transgender weightlifter named Laurel Hubbard who's favored to win the women's medal for New Zealand. According to the UK Guardian, while Hubbard's presence on the New Zealand team has not been made official, an International Weightlifting Federation insider confirmed to the Guardian that she 
and this is the Guardian reporting because I use biological pronouns, so this is a he, would automatically qualify because of amended rules approved by the International Olympic Committee. Current IOC guidelines dictate that transgender athletes can participate in the female categories without undergoing surgery, so long as their total testosterone level in serum is kept below 10 nanomoles per liter for at least 12 months, a rule followed by the IWF. Hubbard lived as a man for 35 years before identifying as a transgender woman and did not win any international weightlifting titles until transitioning until 2012. Well, there's a shock because it turns out that being a 35-year-old dude who's like a mediocre weightlifter means that you're a world-class female weightlifter because men ain't built the same as women. Okay, that's, that's just the reality of the situation. In the same way, the average man will throw a baseball maybe 45, 50 miles an hour, 55 miles an hour. That's not super fast. That is faster than 99% of women throw a baseball. Okay, so pretending that the man is a woman doesn't make the man a woman. And a lower testosterone level for 12 months obviously doesn't change the math all that much. Okay, so that is the symptomatic stuff. But is that the really serious threat to society? No. There are two really serious threats to society. One is part and parcel of a greater threat that has arrived with regard to the family. That when you redefine family entirely, when you suggest that the nuclear family is the problem, which has been a a hallmark of leftist thought since Karl Marx and before, the idea that the nuclear family is an obstacle to self-fulfillment, that your parents, your father, and your mother having different gender roles, that this is a barrier to your self-development. This has been a long time part of thought. I mean, it's a reason why the Communist Manifesto says the destruction of the nuclear family is necessary in order so that we can remold all of society. It turns out that human beings have a natural attachment to the nuclear family unit. Human beings have a natural attachment to their wives or to their husbands. They have a natural attachment that is greater than their other attachments to their children. I don't care about other people's kids as much as I care about my kids. And if you say that you do, you're a liar. Okay, the reality is that you are most attached to the people with whom you share a family unit. You're most attached to your wife, you're most attached to your husband, and your wife and husband pairs typically produce natural-born children to whom they are greatly attached. This is just the reality of human biology. This is what members of the religious community would call natural law. It doesn't mean it's actually in law. Natural law just means that there is a reality to the world around you that you can discover the best way to live by looking at the reality around you. Okay, so nuclear family matters an awful lot. And people who want to redesign society in tremendous ways believe the nuclear family is an obstacle. It's why Black Lives Matter says destruction of the nuclear family is something that they are into. It's why Democrats have tried to substitute government for the father. Is what they did in the 1960s. And they're doing so still today. They say they want to help families, but then they want to completely redefine the family unit by pretending you don't need a mom or you don't need a dad or the government can step in for a mom or a dad or family units can be randomly redefined. And then they look around, they go, Wait, no kids are being born. Yeah, that's true. You know why no kids are being born? Because in order for kids to be born, you have to have a commitment to the idea of a family in the first place. This doesn't mean that there can't be other forms of family that have kids. There are. Right? Gay couples adopt, for example, or have surrogate kids, or kids through surrogates. You have, you have single people who are adopting or, or people who are having birth out of wedlock. But the main way that you are going to increase birth rates in a society is to have a stable family unit capable of raising many children at once. Okay, it turns out raising kids is super hard work. And it turns out you need a mom and a dad to really do that with a lot of children. Now, you can have exceptions to that rule, but that is, in fact, the rule. And when you undermine the family unit, when you pretend that men are women and women are men and women and men don't need each other and that you can generate all this stuff in a lab or that the government can fill in, what you end up with is declining birth rates. And then the solution to declining birth rates, according to these folks, is not to go back to a more traditional view of what men and women do. And none of that is to say that women have to stay in the home and that women can't go to work. My wife and I have three kids. We make provision for my three kids so my wife can work when she wants to work. 
which is the way that, you know, we have chosen to live our lives. When I was growing up, my mom went to work and my dad stayed home. You make these sorts of bargains in everyday life, but that does not change the fundamental basis of a nuclear family. And there's a reason why religious families who are very committed to basic fundamental family structure have many, many more children than people who are committed to the idea that families can randomly be assembled from any sort of randomly generated assemblage of parts. Okay, there's a reason why we have a Father's Day and a Mother's Day. It's because typically speaking, a child needs a mother and a father and a mother and a father are well-equipped to have many natural children who they then raise together. That is the goal, right? That has always been the goal of, of not only Western societies, but most societies over the course of time. Okay, but the, the solution now is because the left has gone too far here, because the left has, has helped destroy family structure, their solution is not, let's go back to a more traditional notion of how we support families. Now, their idea is, what if government helped? Right? What if government came in and, and helped, right? So instead of going back to men, women, they need each other. They produce natural children. Instead of that, they're like, well, what if the government just did it? So you have a piece by Catherine Rample over at the Washington Post noting the U.S. economy needs more kids. Yeah, no, no bleep. That's true. The U.S. economy does need more kids. You know what used to provide lots of kids? The nuclear family in a traditional religious community. That used to provide lots of kids. You know what still provides a lot of kids? The nuclear family in a traditionally religious community. The average number of kids in my community, in the Orthodox Jewish community, is minimum four. Okay, that is the, that like my wife and I have three. With the help of God, we'll have more. If we have fewer than five or six, we are on the low end of the Orthodox Jewish community. If you go into the Mormon community, right, a very religious community, the number of kids and families over there, it ain't two. Okay, they're reproducing at well above replacement rates. If you go into traditional Catholic families, the same thing is true. You'll see six, seven, eight kids. That is not merely because of ideological objections to contraception in some cases. That's really because of an ideological commitment to the basic idea, which is that men and women are meant to be together and then have children together, right? Religious people take seriously both the biblical injunction to be fruitful and multiply, but also the natural law injunction that this is sort of what you're here to do is to produce the future generation and raise that future generation. And it's amazing to me that we have created a society where the most important thing that you do as a human being, which is to have children and pass on good values to those children to build for the future, has become something that we discard as, you know, it's just something birthing people do. No, it's just something birthing people do. It's not an important part of life. It's just something you could do or you could not do. Your choice. Now, it's a free country. It is your choice. But we should be encouraging that choice. Instead, we have an entire society that has decided that that choice is stupid. And then there are consequences to that, right? So when I mentioned the consequences that are kind of fringy, then you have the consequences that are real, like declining birth rate. Okay, that is a result of the sexual revolution. That is a result of the rethinking of male and female roles. That is a result of the rethinking of the nuclear family and the nuclear structure, nuclear family structure, and how many kids people think people ought to have. We'll get to more of this in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that if you are a dude, one thing that is very painful as you hit your 30s is you realize that you're starting to lose your hair. That is no fun. Well, if you'd like to keep your hair, I have a solution for you. Forhims.com. It's your one-stop shop for hair loss and wellness. For men, thanks to science, baldness can now be optional. Hims is helping dudes be the best version of themselves with licensed medical providers and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. No snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. Prescription solutions backed by science. Hims was created by a guy who knows. Some men's health conversations are easier online than in person. No more awkward in-person doctor's visits or long pharmacy lines. For Hims connects you to licensed medical professionals online that could save you hours. Completely confidential, completely discreet. You answer a few quick questions, a medical professional will review. If they determine it's right for you, you can prescribe you medication to treat hair loss that is shipped directly to your door. Today, Hims is giving you their best offer yet. If you're not happy with your results after 90 days, Hims will give you a full refund. Right now, 
My listeners can get their first visit absolutely free. Go to fourhims.com slash Ben. That is fourhims.com slash Ben. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Remember, that is fourhims.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Okay, so problem number one, as I mentioned, is these sort of fringy problems of transgender athletes who want to outcompete girls because they are, in fact, biological male. And problem number two is the complete rethinking of family structure, the nail of maleness and femininity, and the consequences that has for things like the formation of nuclear family. And yes, things like having children and living a, a lifestyle that produces children and rears children in a safe and healthy context. Those things are kind of important for any growing society. And I, I'm amused to see how many people on the left are suddenly realizing, hey, we need more kids. Yeah, got it. Say, according to Catherine Rample, the U.S. economy needs more kids. Parents say they want more kids, yet the baby bust has gotten worse. The general fertility rate, that is the number of births per thousand women aged 15 to 44, how dare she? The number of births per thousand birthing people aged 15 to 44 declined to 55.8 in 2020. That's a record low for the United States. Birth rates declined for every racial and ethnic group and nearly every age group. COVID-19 and the associated economic stress were partly to blame. Lockdowns and social distancing disrupted new courtships and already partnered Americans put off pregnancies as well. But they had been declining earlier in 2020 and during each of the five preceding years. Now, a lot of people say that one of the things that happens is that as countries get richer, they have fewer children. This is generally true. Okay, one of the reasons for that is that the economic bargain of having children goes away. In poorer countries, one of the reasons that a lot of people have kids is because those kids are seen as labor resources. Right? In super poor countries, the idea is you have a lot of kids and those kids help take care of you. Those kids are out there working in the fields. Those kids are helping you in your business. But there's something else. In rich countries, people who are religious and who still feel, feel a religious and moral obligation to have children continue to have children. This is what you see, for example, in Israel, which, which reproduces at well above replacement rates. Right? Israel is, is reprodu- they're having like 2.6 kids per couple. A lot of that is driven by the religious community. Secular communities don't have as many children because they're looking at children purely as almost an economic resource. That does not mean secular people see their own kids as an economic resource. It means generally societally, people tend to make economic decisions about kids. When they're a net economic benefit, they have more of them. When they're a net economic loss, they cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. People tend to have fewer of them. And in fact, what you see in the United States is a very strong correlation in terms of the data, between who wants more kids and who has more education. In fact, people who have less education in the United States want to have more kids, and people who have more education in the United States want to have fewer kids, which is, again, demonstrative of the idea that gender theory is being pushed by the people who are the postgraduates and the college graduates are really bad for the country. They're really bad. And we should all be aspiring to have a solid number of children above replacement rates. It is good to have kids. It is hard work. It is difficult. It makes you a responsible person. It makes you a better human being. It means the. I really believe this. You can choose to do whatever you want. I'm not imposing on your freedom. I'm not suggesting any legislation to that effect. I'm suggesting that if you want to better yourself as a human being and become more responsible, getting married and having kids is an excellent way to do it. Beyond that, you're doing something excellent for the world by having children and raising them properly. The fact that any of this has become remotely controversial is a demonstration of precisely the point I'm making, which is when you undermine gender roles and when you pretend that gender can be completely substituted in favor of biological sex and that there's no connection between them, you end up destroying things that are incredibly valuable in a society. Catherine Rample's solution, by the way, is that the government should get involved and pay people to have kids. Good luck for that. It ain't gonna, the, the chance that that works after you have culturally destroyed the institution of family and marriage, we'll see how that works for you. Yeah, we'll pay people to have a few more kids. That's, that's definitely gonna work out well. 
Okay, so that is problem number two with this whole thing. Problem number three is perhaps the deepest problem of all, which I alluded to at the very top of the show. Okay, that problem is that when you redefine human language in completely arbitrary ways, you destroy any basis for conversation. And this is a, a key element of the radical subjectivist position that is taken by the deconstructionist left. Deconstructionism is a philosophy that suggests that basically semantics are power, that the way that language is used, the way we think about things, all of that is the product of our civilization. And therefore, if we wish to change our civilization, we have to change the way that words are used. But that means that we have to recognize that basically all language is a social convention without any relation to objective reality. And so it can be changed at whim. And if you fail to go along with those changes, then you are considered unwoke. You have to be cast out. You're considered a heretic. And there is no rhyme or reason to this. The language can change at any time for any reason you can find yourself on the wrong side of the line, which means that language becomes a power game. Deconstructionists believe that there is no such thing as fundamental principles in politics. They don't exist. The only principle, presumably, is that everything is power. Okay, well, for the left, everything is power, including language. And so when they randomly shift terms around and then declare you heretical or bigoted or racist or sexist because you refuse to abide by their idiotic new conventions in which equity is the same as equality and sexual preference is an offensive term for no reason or male means female, if you refuse to abide by that, then they attempt to cudgel you. They attempt to club you because the idea is that language is power and the randomly shifting attempts to fluid to take what are terms with real definitions and then fluidify them, liquidate them, and, and shift them around. That is just an exercise of power. Recognize that that's what that is. And that exercise of power is designed to confuse. That it, the, it, it's no different than God's attempt to confuse the people who are building the Tower of Babel. Once everybody is speaking a different language, you can't build anything together. Right? In, the, in the Bible, God does that because these people are building a, a societal construction designed to challenge godly values. But now, the left is trying to do this because they're trying to prevent you from building any sort of societal structure that challenges their values. So they have to confuse the language. They have to completely change the language. And if you refuse to go along with the changes, then this means that you shall be cast out like a leper. Hey, that's a dangerous thing. In order for us, in order for us to have a polity, in order for us to have any sort of, of policy and any, any sort of democratic republic together, we have to understand what the hell we're talking about. The left throws up barriers to understanding on a routine basis. And then they suggest that you are just a buffoon or a fool if you don't understand what they're saying. I understand what you're saying. I just think that you're wrong and you're lying. I think that Cory Bush well understands that women are the only ones giving birth. I think so does Carolyn Maloney and Robin Kelly. And I think they're liars when they pretend that men give birth. I think they know full well that, that kids have a sex when they are born. But the goal here is to take the most fundamental elements of reality, things that small children can identify, and confuse you about them because it is an exercise of power top down. And that's truly dangerous stuff. It destroys our ability to have conversations. It destroys our ability to, to even convince one another because we're, we're speaking in two different languages now. It is, it is a, a way of making people initiate into the woke ruling class. That is all this is. And if you refuse to go along, then you're one of these benighted bitter clingers that Barack Obama used to talk about. Okay, in just a second, we're going to get to Joe Biden, who's declared he just can't understand Republicans anymore. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that we are now almost halfway through the year. Head into June with one less thing to worry about. See if you're overpaying for your home and auto insurance. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare home and auto insurance in one place. They can help you find home and auto coverage similar to what you have now, but at a lower price. They've saved shoppers up to $1,055 per year over what they were paying for home and auto insurance. 
Their team will handle the paperwork to set up your new policy or switch over your current one. Getting started is super simple. First, head on over to policygenius.com, answer a few quick questions about yourself and your property. Then, Policy Genius takes it from there. They'll compare rates from America's top insurers, from Progressive to Allstate, to find your lowest quotes. The Policy Genius team can look for ways to save you more, including bundling your home and auto policies. If they find a better rate than what you're paying now, they will switch you over for free. Their top-notch service has earned Policy Genius a five-star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Policy Genius does an excellent job of getting you the best of programs available for the best possible price. Head on over to policygenius.com to get started right now. That's Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice and very important to get it right. That's policygenius.com. Now, quick reminder, Daily Wire, we've been growing like crazy. Not only did we move our whole company across the country, we released our first feature film in January. We struck up a movie deal with Gina Carano in February. We launched a new talk show hosted by Candace Owens in March. We've got Debunked going. That's my new show. We have brand new stuff that is going to come out for you this month and in future months. We're moving fast. Thank you for your support, because without your subscriptions, none of this would be possible without your membership. And we want to include you in our future plans. So every day on the show, you know, I talk about a bunch of products and services from sponsors I love and use and testify to. But we want to know what kind of sponsors you want to hear from. Please go to dailywire.com slash Shapiro. Fill out my audience survey. Tell us a little more about yourself. To sweeten the whole experience, those of you who complete the survey will be entered to win a $1,000 gift card. You can only take the survey once per Daily Wire show. So if you want to increase your chances of winning 1000 bucks, go listen to Michael Knowles or Andrew Clavin or Matt Walsh. Get access to their surveys as well. Again, my survey link is dailywire.com slash Shapiro. We would love to hear from you. Also, starting tomorrow, Saturday, May 8th, get the first episode of my new series, Debunked, on my podcast feed. A new episode every Saturday for the first season. If you're not familiar, I address common leftist talking points, dismantle them in about 15 minutes or less. So you should probably go check it out. Daily Wire members can get the full 10-episode first season over at dailywire.com. If you're not already a member, get 20% off today with code DEBUNKED while the discount lasts. First, I debunk the fallacy of a living minimum wage that we need a minimum wage. It's, it's required. We debunk that. Check it out tomorrow on my podcast feed over at Apple, Spotify, or whatever your platform of choice may be. You're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. <laughs> Alrighty, so meanwhile, Joe Biden says he just can't understand Republicans anymore. So the media are committed to the idea that Joe Biden is a moderate who wants to work across the aisle. He has demonstrated zero interest in doing this. Zero. And in fact, he's pursuing more and more radical policy, which we'll explain in just a minute. But because the media are committed to this narrative where Biden is a moderate and everybody who opposes him is a radical, they will just believe him when he's like, I don't even recognize this Republican party anymore. Not just because I'm senile and I can't recognize my own face in the mirror, but also... Because Shamadabadoo-dabadoo, here is the uh, President of the United States. President, do you have any comments on the efforts to oust Liz Cheney from the House Republicans? Proposed? I don't understand Republicans. I don't understand Republicans anymore. Or the ABCs. Okay, so here's the thing. The reason that Republicans don't get along with Joe Biden is because Joe Biden is not a moderate. Joe Biden is a radical. And his policies are crappy. They are bad. Here's an indicator that his policies suck. Okay, so Joe Biden is out there bragging that he's created so many jobs, so many jobs. Now, he has created zero jobs. Okay, the reason that the economy is rebounding has nothing to do with Joe Biden. It has to do with the fact that we had 3.5% unemployment before the pandemic. Then we had an artificial government shutdown of the entire economy for a year. And now people are coming back out and they are starting to work again. And so that has nothing to do with Joe Biden. And in fact, Joe Biden's policies are providing a damper on economic development because he is paying people to stay home. He's out there bragging about this stuff, but he, he fails to understand a basic reality in the United States. The government does not create the jobs. The government, unless it's directly hiring you, does not create the jobs. People like me create the jobs. People like my, corporations like my company 
create the jobs. Corporations out there, and our company is only like 130 people, 140 people. There are corporations that employ tens of thousands of people. There are small businesses that employ hundreds of thousands of people across the United States. Joe Biden has created this many jobs his entire career. Okay, because every job he has created throughout his entire career would have been created by another senator or another presidential candidate. He has never worked in the private sector for any serious period of time. I mean, he created a job for Hunter. I guess that's the job he created because he let Hunter go around picking up bags of cash because his last name is Biden. But here is Joe Biden taking credit for economic development. This is all, by the way, I hated when, when Trump would say, I've created this many jobs. No, you didn't create that many jobs. You created conditions under which businesses could create jobs, maybe, but Joe Biden has not even done that, right? Joe Biden has basically created the conditions whereby employees cannot go back to work or refuse to go back to work because they're getting paid more to stay home. Here is Joe Biden saying, we've created so many jobs. One of the things that, uh, that I'm proud of is in the first uh, 100 days that uh, I became president, we have created more jobs in that period of time than any administration in history. But the way I look at that, that's just a down payment getting us back for the American Recovery Act, just getting us back and getting people. A lot of that had to do with getting people vaccinated, getting 600 million doses of, of, the, uh, of the vaccine and getting people in a position where it was available. This baddie old coot doesn't even know what he's talking about. And then he says things like, yeah, my infrastructure bill will create 16 million jababadoos. Okay, it's not going to, even by the CBO estimate, it creates something like 3 million jobs over baseline and only costs like $2 trillion. So that means that we could spend, you know, like $100,000 a job. Makes perfect sense or several hundred thousand dollars. Anyway, here's Joe Biden being an idiot. All the economists, including the liberal as well as conservative think tanks point out we'll create up for past this job trying to create up to 16 million good paying jobs not eight dollars an hour 12 dollars not 15 dollars not prevailing wage jobs wages you can raise a family on you have my dad would say just a little bit of breathing room i don't know he's like steve carell in in the gym in in that jim carrey movie in Bruce Almighty, Steve Carell. What the? <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad that we have a president who speaks English as his second language. That's that's exciting stuff. I mean, and by the way, that wasn't even his worst stumbling over himself. Here's his worst stumbling over himself yesterday. Again, it's just a wonder that he didn't fall backward into the water. Thank God. What's the first thing anybody asks you when they want to put a new facility here in, in, in your city? How close is the interstate? How, you know, what's the access to, to the lake? What's going, I mean, what's the water supply? They want to know you have the best infrastructure. I'm willing to hear ideas from both sides. I'm meeting with my Republican friends up in the up in the Congress to see, number one, how much they're willing to go for, what they think are the priorities, and what compromises meet men. I'm ready to compromise. What? Is, oh, my God. Okay, so here's the thing. The reason that he has no support among Republicans is because what he is doing is radical and it has consequences. First, the consequences, and then what he is doing. So, here are the consequences. In April, the economy of the United States, in the middle of emerging from a pandemic, with people beginning to go outside, beginning to live life again, even though Joe Biden tells them not to, and we have to wear masks and never dance again, unless you're protesting for George, George Floyd, in which case you're immune. But according to the Washington Post, the economy picked up 266,000 jobs in April, fewer than expected as the economy tries to rebound. Hmm, why would this have happened? Why? We had 3.5% unemployment a year ago. People have more money in their pocket now than they did a year ago because the government has blown money into their pocket, and yet no one is taking a job. Hmm, I wonder why. 
The unemployment rate remained relatively unchanged at around 6%, although economists caution the number is misleadingly low given how many people have dropped out of the labor force in the last year and thus are not counted as unemployed. Hiring has accelerated so quickly, in fact, some businesses have complained to the White House and lawmakers they are having a hard time recruiting workers, particularly for low-wage hourly jobs. Well, yes, that is correct. You've created rent moratoria. You have suggested that we are to pay unemployment for like another year. You have given people thousands and thousands of dollars who have jobs, many of them. And people are like, okay, or I could sit home. The tension spilled into public on Thursday when Senate Majority Le Minority Leader Mitch McConnell blamed the stimulus package passed by the White House and Congress for acting as an incentive for people not to return to work. Biden administration officials countered the $1.9 trillion stimulus package provided vital assistance to millions of Americans and has only helped the economy grow. Oh, really? The U.S. economy added almost a million jobs in March. But um, yeah, not in April. Not in April. Because it turns out the supply chains are overstrained. There are not enough employees out there. We are leading to an inflationary spiral because once you have too much money in the economy and not enough product to meet that price, you end up with price inflation. And when it turns out that people look at those prices and think they are too high, they stop buying, which is how you end up with stagflation. You end up with an economy with low demand but high supply of dollars. That is stagflation. That's 1970s style stagflation. And it's coming faster than anybody thought it was going to come. Me we'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values. And that when people say free, they should mean, you know, actually free. When you switch to Pure Talk today, you will get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last, rugged screen, quick charging battery, top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family will save almost $1,000 a year. So... I challenge you to choose a company that actually shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Switch to my cell phone company. I've been using Pure Talk for years at this point. I tell you that coverage is excellent. I trust them. You can too. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and switch to my cell phone company today. puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Meanwhile, Joe Biden's big plan is that he's going to destroy the companies that helped get us out of the pandemic. So take, for example, Moderna. Moderna had developed mRNA technology that allowed for the decoding of this COVID-19 virus and the production of a, an extraordinarily effective vaccine within like nine months of the actual release of the virus. So the, the, virus, the, the actual coding of the virus was released in January 2020. Within one week, scientists at places like Pfizer and Moderna and, Bio, and BioNTech had actually created mRNA vaccine maps. Okay, and then it took, because of all the government regulation and red tape, it took months and months and months for that to hit market, which is just a case that the government sucks at everything because they do. Okay, but the government did one thing, basically. The government said, okay, well, we will give you, we will guarantee you that we will order your vaccines and we'll give emergency authorization if you develop them. And so these companies, because they wanted to develop intellectual property that was marketable, went ahead and made the greatest scientific advancement since basically the moon landing. They said, we will develop this vaccine inside of 10 months and inoculate everyone. Now, Joe Biden has decided, I'm going to punish those companies. Those companies must be punished. Now, here's the stupidest thing about all of this. The supposed justification for punishing those companies, by stealing their intellectual property, by the way, is that we need to get more doses into more arms in the third world. 
Except that if you want to get more doses into more arms in the third world, you know what you could do? You could just buy the doses the same way that Israel or the UK or the United States did and then give them to the third world. But we're not doing that. Instead, Joe Biden and the Biden administration, because they hate big tech, because they hate big pharma, the people who got us out of this, okay? Big pharma got us out of this, not Joe Biden, not even Donald Trump. Big pharma got us out of this, okay? Because they hate big pharma this much, they are now trying to steal their intellectual property. They're trying to say that they should not have patent on the vaccines they developed. So let's say you're Moderna. And let's say that the history of Moderna, John Podhorst did a good job detailing this on his Commentary Magazine podcast. The history of Moderna is pretty fraught. Moderna starts, they have uh, early successes, and then they develop a couple of drugs that fail and their stock starts to go down. But they have all of this leftover mRNA technology they've been working on for years. Then this virus hits and Moderna ramps up and suddenly they have this incredibly successful vaccine. Okay, so what are you going to do now? You're going to punish them out of existence by destroying all profit margin for the vaccine that they created that is going to get the United States out of this pandemic and indeed get most of the world out of this pandemic. You're going to do so by removing their intellectual property. Understand, intellectual property theft is theft. When China does it, we call them a cheater. When Joe Biden does it, we call that democratic policy. If China were to just create a knockoff of a Pfizer BioNTech vaccine, then we would say they're stealing our intellectual property because they are. But if Joe Biden does it, no problem whatsoever. And again, this will not get more shots into more arms. You know how long it's going to take for them to ramp up the generic production of this drug? You know how long it's going to take them to ramp up the development of a generic version of this and get it approved and do all those things? Longer. You could just pay the damn companies. You could just pay them because for God's sake, they deserve it. They're the ones who actually created this miracle thing. But according to the Wall Street Journal, President Biden genuflected again to progressives on Wednesday by endorsing an intellectual property waiver at the World Trade Organization for COVID vaccines and therapies. This patent heist won't end well for the U.S. or the world. South, South Africa and India have been pushing a resolution at the WTO that would force pharmaceutical companies to hand over their COVID vaccine and therapy IP to manufacturers in low-income countries. The waiver is backed by some 100 other low-income countries, progressive groups, and more than 100 Democratic Congress members. Of course, they just want to punish these companies. Of course they do. Waiver proponents say breaking patent protections is necessary to expand global access. This is false. WTO's rules already allow low-income countries to force drug makers to license their patents during emergencies, though they must negotiate some agreement with developers. Liberals say this is slowing vaccine production, yet U.S. and European drug companies have already voluntarily entered into dozens of licensing agreements with other manufacturers, many in low-income countries, as they work to scale up production. Merck last week announced licensing agreements with several Indian manufacturers to produce its investigational antiviral drug. But vaccine and drug makers first need to ensure their partners can safely manufacture the complex biologic products. This takes time. So does ramping up production of raw ingredients. Even so, global vaccine production is accelerating. European governments oppose the waiver. They realize it sets a test of terrible precedent. Once stolen, IP on breakthrough innovations like Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech mRNA vaccines can't be returned. So why did Biden surrender? Because progressives hate big pharma. They hate it. They want to pretend that government did all this stuff. Government doesn't do any of this stuff. Government is garbage at this stuff. This is why Democrats get so mad when you mention this. They get mad when you mention this, right? Jamie Dimon, you know, an investor extraordinaire, he came out, he's like, you know, if you're going to seize my money, I want to know how you're going to use that. Is that too much to ask? I think it should be a bipartisan bill, but I think each piece and every piece to say on highways, how many miles are you going to build? How much are you going to cost? When's it going to get done? Who's responsible? So I worry about not just the bill, but we're just throwing money. It doesn't work. And, you know, we already have, we already waste tremendous sums of money. So, 
And, and, and I think we owe that to the American public to tell the American public, if you're going to give me your money, I'm going to be a good steward of it. And here's what I'm going to accomplish. And I'm going to report back to you. Okay, that is a basic request, right? For anybody who operates in this space, right? Like, I want to know how my money is being used. This is so telling. Robert Reich, who's the former secretary of the treasury under Bill Clinton, he tweeted this out. He has an amazing tweet because it really does say everything. Did I miss when we elected Jamie Dimon to manage our taxpayer dollars? I I'm noticing a few problems here. Jamie Dimon is the head of J.P. Morgan Chase, CEO. Did I miss when we elected Jamie Dimon to manage our taxpayer dollars? Who's our, gang? Who's our? And did you miss the, 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 the word taxpayer in the phrase taxpayer dollars? They are his dollars. They are your dollars. They are my dollars. They're not our dollars. The government doesn't have its own dollars. The government seizes money from people and then uses the money on random crap. And if you point this out, if you point out that Joe Biden doesn't create jobs and that Robert Reich doesn't control taxpayer dollars, and if you point out that the government did not create these vaccines, the vaccine companies created these vaccines, then they get mad. And then they say, well, I can't work with you. I don't know what happened to you. Is it any wonder why people are starting to get a little bit trepidatious about the next few years in the American government? Pretty incredible stuff. These are radical people and they're pushing a radical agenda. All righty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of the Ben Shapiro Show. First, you cannot forget to end your week by checking out The Andrew Clavin Show. Drew's show is every Friday. He's got an exciting evening planned for you. So head on over to dailywire.com this evening at 7 p.m. Eastern. Tune in. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant is Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. You know, some people are depressed because the Republic is collapsing, the end of days is approaching, and the moon's turned to blood. But on The Andrew Claven Show, that's where the fun just gets started. So come on over to The Andrew Claven Show and laugh your way through the fall of the Republic with me, Andrew Claven. <laughs> 